This is the Irrelevant Information Podcast, a podcast about unimportant subjects. I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and today we're going to talk about instant noodles. My high school friends and I used to have a get-together every Christmas, and we have a white elephant gift exchange, $20 limit. And usually there would be so many joke gifts that some of them were desirable just because of how ridiculous they were. One year, one of the guys showed up with a huge box wrapped, and we just couldn't tell what it was. But I had to have it. Almost everyone else wanted it too. When it was unwrapped, it was revealed to be 30 cup ramen noodles, chicken flavor, which we got for the grand total of $8.28 at Sam's Club. I had to have it. I stole it and restole it and did it again until it was mine, and I walked out of that party with $8.28 worth of ramen noodles, which would be enough to last me a couple of months at least. Because that's what ramen noodles are, right? They're inexpensive, they're barely food, and you can get so many of them for so cheap that college students can live off of 20 bucks for a semester. At least that's what the urban legends say. Which is why I was so confused when years later on a podcast I heard chef Dave Chang of Momofuku talk about how ramen would be part of his last meal on earth. The cup noodles? Nope. Ramen has a long history that goes beyond the foam cup I was familiar with at that point, and it's a food rich with a lot of diversity and regionalities, depth and complexity, the likes of which can only be matched by foods like barbecue. The fact that the dry brick of noodles shares a name with it is frankly kinda ridiculous. So we're gonna talk about two things this episode that I will differentiate right away. There's instant noodles, and then there's ramen. That's how I'm going to refer to them. Instant noodles were invented in 1958 by a man with the name Momofuku Ando, who started the Nissin Food Products Company in Japan. He founded the company with the following guiding philosophy. Peace will come to the world when the people have enough to eat. Now that is a great guiding philosophy, and it kind of makes sense when you think of what he invented or what started this whole company, right? He developed the entire production method of flash frying noodles, from processes of noodle making, steaming, seasoning to dehydrating in oil heat, and thus creating the instant noodle. Since their birth, instant noodles came in blocks, or bricks, whatever you want to call them. However, unlike modern ones, the noodle block was pre-seasoned, and at the time that it was first invented, sold for 35 yen. The instant noodle became ready to eat in two minutes just by adding boiling water. And Nissen marketed them as chicken ramen with a K, no C, so C-H-I-K-I-N ramen, which shows that the name has been married to the item since it was invented, the ramen name. Due to its price and novelty, chicken ramen was considered a luxury item initially as Japanese stores typically sold fresh noodles for one-sixth of their price. And you have to understand, 35 yen in 1958 is roughly about 203 yen today, or $1.90 in U.S. currency. Which doesn't sound like much, but keep in mind, it is post-war Japan. It is 1958. Later came the flavoring powder in a separate container. Then, in 1971, the cup noodles were introduced. This is the famous food that spun the world. It's a ramen block in a foam cup, to which boiling water is added to set the noodles. Later on, dried vegetables were added, and then the complete meal in a foam cup was born. That's instant noodles. Ramen, on the other hand, is a Japanese dish consisting of Chinese-style wheat noodles served in a meat or fish-based broth. It's flavored with miso or soy sauce and usually has a variety of toppings such as sliced pork or seaweed or scallions and, frankly, a lot of other things. 
Ramen was more than likely introduced by Chinese immigrants in the late 19th or early 20th century at Yokohama Chinatown. And the earliest versions of ramen were just wheat noodles in broth topped with Chinese-style roast pork. Ramen used to be called Shinisoba, literally meaning Chinese soba. And according to ramen expert Hiroshi Osaki, the first specialized ramen shop opened in Yokohama in 1910. You gotta know this about ramen. It's an incredibly region-specific dish. I've heard it described as the barbecue of Japan. It's a deceptively complex dish because it's just broth and meat, <laughs> but it has broths that cook over many hours and finishes that are very region-specific. Just like barbecue from Central Texas is not the same as barbecue from Memphis, ramen from Kyushu is not the same as ramen from Hokkaido, for example. And I'll have some pictures of different ramen styles in the show notes if you want to take a look. It's slow cooked and it's meant to be eaten fast. It's immigrant food that was made from using poor ingredients and making something really tasty out of them. And that's the kind of food that I love. It's an example of just ingenuity and, and having to adapt and creating something beautiful from something from a rough and tough situation. Beginning in the 1990s, ramen became a Japanese cultural icon and was studied around the world. At the same time, local varieties of ramen were hitting the national market and could even be ordered by their regional names. Today, ramen is arguably one of the most popular foods from Japan. Tokyo alone contains 5,000 ramen shops and there's 24,000 ramen shops across Japan. A ramen restaurant in Tokyo has received a Michelin star and that's called uh, Suta. That's the name of the ramen restaurant. And there's even many fantastic ramen shops all across the U.S. I'm from Dallas, and there's a couple of really good ones here. One really great one called Ten Ramen that I go to all the time. And I just got back from Portland where they have a location of a Japanese ramen shop in Portland called Afuri, which is also very good. So that's the big difference between instant noodles and ramen. So here we have two things that share a name. One is vaguely an approximation of the other. Kind of, I know this is going to be condescending, but it's kind of the way that a coloring book version of a great painting, let's say like a Van Gogh painting, um, think of a coloring book version of that. That's an approximation of a Van Gogh. It kind of looks like it. It's vaguely, you can recognize what it is, but it's not actually a Van Gogh, right? Seeing a coloring book version of a painting and seeing the real painting are two different things but one kind of approaches the other. The initial purpose of inventing instant noodles was to shorten the cooking time of conventional noodles, while ramen is something that's cooked slowly and meticulously. In America, despite it being immensely popular, there are many people that only know of ramen as the instant noodles in a cup. As I told you in the intro, I was one of those people. And I had already messed with making my instant cup noodles better. I, you know, I did all kinds of stuff that Mexican kids Four Mexican kids growing up do you put lime in there you put Valentina sometimes you put an egg in there and you pour the boiling water over and with that I transformed cup noodles from a bleh meal to a pretty solid meal so I knew that this kind of soup could be good which is what made me not be apprehensive at all to try the ramen that Dave Chang was talking about when he said that that would be in his final meal and I sought it out and I went and I found a place that sold ramen and I tried it and I looked it up and it was fantastic. But cup ramen was my intro to quote unquote real ramen. It was a gateway drug, so to speak. And even though cup ramen has fed 
countless college students or any other people that grew up like I did and served, you know, as currency in prisons and whatever else, I believe the greatest virtue that cup noodles has is this, that it points to, quote, real ramen. If you like cup noodles, you'll love ramen. And if you hate cup noodles, you'll probably still love real ramen because it's really good. Cup noodles point to the real deal. And I know many people in America and the world over follow the same path I did, going from cup noodles to ramen. Now, there's another example of this cup noodle effect of an approximation to a food that is insanely popular, but sadly, I don't see it having as great of an effect as cup ramen does, meaning pointing it to the real thing. And what I'm talking about is chips and salsa. I'm sure you've heard this or you've seen it on a menu if you've gone to any Tex-Mex restaurant or a Chili's, which is barely Tex-Mex. Salsa is immensely popular in the United States, and it has been for a long time. I remember there's a Seinfeld episode where they're talking about about it and how George doesn't know whether to say seltzer or salsa and how they sound the same. It was something that was kind of funny, but I never really got it because I speak Spanish. Um, but anyway, it's immensely popular in the United States and the world, but salsa here is usually one thing. Canned tomatoes, jalapenos, garlic, and onion blended. And it's fine, it's good, but there's so much more to salsa. For example, salsa means sauce. Imagine going to a restaurant and saying, can I have some sauce? The next question naturally will be, what kind, right? That should happen when someone asks for salsa too, for chips and salsa. The canned tomato mix you get at Chili's is fine, it's good, but it's that coloring book version of the painting. It's the cup noodles version of ramen. It's an approximation, a shadow of what a gorgeous tomatillo and serrano salsa can be, or a salsa pasada, or a salsa de tomate frito, or a salsa negra, or a salsa de chile guajillo. I think you're getting my point. There's a great big world of salsas out there that is just beyond the approximation of the Pace or Old El Paso one. And just like cup noodles, I hope that those tomato-based blended garlic things you get at Chili's are pointing you to try the real thing. There's a fantastic world of salsas out there that'll enhance any and every meal that you could possibly have, and you should check it out. That's it for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. This is about food. As you can probably tell, I really like talking about food, and I just want to encourage you to go out there and try different salsas um, or try ramen if you haven't or if you have just go for another bowl um, feel free to share this episode with your friends on twitter or on instagram where pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found see you next time and as always or4 did nothing wrong